Hello everyone, and we are here today with another song chat with your intrepid host here, Michael Chanel, designers of Song and Ice and Fire. So, today's topic, if you couldn't tell by the title, would be Lannister issues and how to deal with them. So this is something that I have seen come up quite a bit lately because, hey, we just launched the game uh, on the 31st of August, this last Friday. I'm recording this on the 3rd of September, so everyone has had a staggering weekend to play the game. Of course, all of our loyal Kickstarter backers, which I would like to thank every single one of you, have been enjoying the game for a few weeks now. And in that time, of course, a number of uh, players have come out and played the Starks, they've played the Lancers, sadly not a lot of people playing the Neutral Faction, which is my favorite, as you can probably tell by the amount I talk about them, but it is what it is. Um, and in that time, people have found their various strategies, what works for them, what works against them, but more importantly, they've found the items that frustrate them. And I absolutely love this topic because it um, breeds the conversation of how do I deal with problems and how do I grow as a player? I'm a uh, you know seasoned wargamer all of my life, but also in the uh, TCG background, for a long time. I actually was with Upper Deck for a while doing tournaments with Yu-Gi-Oh! versus System World of Warcraft. I've played uh, semi-professional magic in my time. You know, so it's always about overcoming and adapting in any of these competitive game systems and environments. And with Song here, we're in a unique situation where we have seasoned wargamers coming in, but we're attracting a large crowd of people who are playing com not only war games but competitive games for the first time and they're going through the kind of learning ropes of you know okay this is new to me this is a problem that i can't overcome how do i overcome this now the proper response to this is you know you've got to play games you've got to develop your tactics and then eventually you'll start learning counter tactics and strategies and you know you'll see a problem and then you'll go like okay i've encountered this before what do i do um the thing is getting there and it can be frustrating for a lot of players because they will sit there and they'll play and they will come up with their strategies or lack of strategies and they'll just get completely crushed and disheartened because they're like, man, I tried nothing and it didn't work and what do I do? Now, I'm not saying that to be insulting. Again, this is just a learning process for everyone, but that's the whole point of this podcast today is that I'm going to go over some of uh, what I feel are the common beginner mistakes when playing against Lannisters and seeing exactly how you can overcome them and eventually learn, uh, grow as a player. Um, now, of course, there are a number of these that I'm going to do, I believe, specifically focusing on playing against the Starks, uh, the Neutrals, and, well, those are our three factions that we have right now. We might dig into some specifics after that, but I think we'll keep it generic for now. And the reason I'm starting with Lannisters is because if you are playing against Starks, then, you know, Starks are an aggressive faction by nature, and as long as you just don't let them beat you up to death, then you will have a fair chance against them. Um, assuming you're playing against an equally skilled opponent that has not mastered the nuances of maneuverability, when to damage their guys, and so forth and so forth. We're talking about people on a newer playing field. The thing about Lannisters, though, is that you have to counterplay them. Uh, with Starks, you can kind of go and attack and try to kill them, and that will work just fine some of the time. With Lannisters, though, it's like playing against a, a blue deck in Magic, okay? They've got a lot of counter spells, they've got a lot of nasty tricks. If you're not aware of those things and they catch you off guard and you don't know how to deal with them, it's going to be a frustrating experience. Uh, so that's really the main thing going into this. If you play into the Lannisters' plans, then 
you're going to lose the game. Playing into their plans, by the way, can be as simple as just not knowing how to counter what they do. And again, this is something that comes with experience. And again, make one more analogy here talking to the Starks. If I'm facing against a unit of Umber Berserkers or a unit of Sworn Swords, I know that eventually if I keep attacking them, they're going to die. And yes, the Berserkers are going to get stronger as I attack them, but if I push through it enough, eventually, you know, they will be destroyed. That tactic does not work against the Lannisters. You have to know this is the Lannister unit that I'm against. This is what they're capable of. There are, each one of them is usually capable of doing one really nasty thing to you in the right circumstances. And if you play into that circumstance, they're going to absolutely just trounce you and it's going to be a bad experience for your unit. So you have to know what the Lannister capabilities are and how to bypass them. Uh, the trick with most Lannister units, as I want to stress here, is that they usually have a workaround that if you hit that workaround, it is going to cripple them and probably destroy them. Uh, let's focus on the very basic one here that is going to come up and has come up nonstop. Uh, the Lannister Guardsman plus Guard Captain. This right here is a six point unit that is going to have a three plus defense, seven plus morale. Uh, but really what you're looking at here is Lannister Supremacy, which is kind of the, uh, the crux of this whole why these guys are a problem. Lannister Supremacy is an ability that triggers each time that they're attacked and they pass their panic check the attacker then has to make a panic check at a minus two. So going over this unit here, the one thing I want to point out is Lannister Supremacy is basically their sole source of dealing you any serious damage. That's the first thing I want you to acknowledge, okay? That is where their damage is going to come from. Aside from that, that is where the Lannisters as a whole their damage is going to come from, is causing those panic tests, causing those morale-based effects. They do not have a large amount of combat capabilities, with the exception of certain lists, but we're talking about the faction as a whole. This is where their damage is coming from. They're not going to be that much of a threat in combat unless they spec for it. Okay? So that's what I want to, first off, point out. Most of their damage is going to come from panic and morale-based effects. Lannister Guardsmen embody this particularly to a fault. If you look at their melee attack, it is a six, at best, it is a six die, four plus to hit. That is awful by any standards, okay? So if you look at them, they're not a threat on the offense. The problem is, is that they're a really, really good giant brick wall. And players are going to come across them and go, man, I can just power through this, eventually Kool-Aid or Hulk my way through it. And then they're just going to end up with a broken skull dead on the ground of a concussion. Well, I guess the concussion is kind of secondary if you're dead. Anyway, that's what I want to point out is that so many times when I've seen people playing this game, they just run into Lannister Guardsmen and just hope for the best, I suppose. Meanwhile, they're sitting there attacking them, causing themselves damage, and to what end? Lannister Guardsmen are also really slow. Now, um, which we'll get into that. But let's circle back here. The biggest threat with them by, is not usually by themselves, because 9 out of 10 players right now in the meta, when they are taking Lannister Guardsmen, are going to stick a Guard Captain in that unit. And he is actually going to be the one that's going to cause you most of your problems uh, in the fact that he has at any cost, which is an order once per round that when they would fail a morale test, he can kill a guy in the unit, and he is going to let you auto-pass that test, which is pretty good for saving themselves but more so, it's going to give them a free once-per-round trigger of Lannister Supremacy. And that's where a lot of people get frustrated. 
Um, now, first off, before we get too much into a deep dive here, I want to point out that at any cost is an order. It can be used once per round. This doesn't happen super often, but a lot of the times, maybe actually 25% of the time, which is still a pretty high number, I find that people are ignoring the fact that it's an order and just triggering it every single time. That's a problem, because yes, that's going to be way stronger than it should be if you're allowing your opponent to just do it every single time they would do a morale test. The whole point of counterplay here is to know how to bait that out and get rid of that once per round thing. And if no one's keeping track of that and just thinking it does it every single time, uh, yeah, I can see how that unit would be considered just overpowered, because it probably would be. Now, um, let's talk counterplay here, okay? You're looking at a unit here that has a 3-plus defense, which that is the least of your problems. It's still a problem, but you can bypass that because you're going to have Sundering, you're going to hit them in the flank, you're going to do something here. The biggest concern is damage mitigation against them versus the reward for killing them. And that's the first thing to keep in mind. Do you need to kill them? Because this is an objective-based game. Killing a unit can be nasty, uh, and yes, it's going to help you in the long run, but is devoting the resources into trying to kill them worth the effort that you're going to expend? So that's the first thing you have to ask yourself. If they're camping on an objective that you need to get, sure, you can kill them. Lancers are slow. If you're playing as Starks or Neutrals, then you know you should actually have you know the ability to just outpace them in this situation and kind of get rid of them in that case. Now, the last thing you want to do against Lancers is really let yourself get just bottled up against them, okay? And by that I mean they're a defensive army. They're going to want to just lock you in combat. So if you play to their game, you're going to lose. Um, let's talk about Lancer Supremacy, though. This is, again, the main thing that's going to cause a lot of people damage. The first thing I could recommend against them is that, first off, that ability is fully in control of your opponent to trigger, okay? You have no control over getting that to actually go off. They have to willingly attack you. They have to willingly try to kill you to get that to go off. So that's the first thing to note when playing against Lannisters. Um, that ability is only ever going to hurt you if you trigger it yourself. Because it's not used on the offense, it's only used when you attack them. So this is something that I've really tried to hammer into people like time and time again when I do these podcasts. Learn to love the retreat action. Okay? Don't get just bogged down into combat and think that you're in there until something is dead. You can run away and use that positioning to your advantage. When you retreat, you're going to, one, set yourself up to recharge them uh, in a situation, in which case you're going to punch right through them on the uh, offense, hopefully, or you're going to get into a better position. Because let's say you retreat to the side. Okay, the enemy has two options at this point. One, they can turn to face you, and that's fine, but hopefully you have set up another unit so you can now charge them in the flank. Or you're going to retreat straight back, in which case they've got an option. Are they going to come after you with their, what, their six die re-rolling, you know, four plus hit attack? Or are they just going to wait for you to charge back into them, in which case that's your time to deal damage? So give them bad options. Don't play into their game. They want you to stick around in combat and hit your head against them until you die. The other thing is, again, going back to the fact that um, at any cost is an order. It is usable once per round. So your job is to hit them two times in some capacity to get them to get to burn through that. So you can really land that nasty just punch on them, okay? One of the best ways of doing this is taking the crown zone. Lannister Guardsmen have a 7-plus morale. That is 
Okay, so kind of strictly average on 2d6, they're going to roll 7, but you're going to claim the crown zone, and that is going to force them into minus 1, which is in turn going to, you know, cause between 1 to 3 wounds on average. But, you know, hey, that's what also throwing down panic is for. That's getting into a little bit more um, tactics overall there, you know, get panic on them, cause a morale test. Um, but that's a good way to bait out that Lannister, or sorry, that at any cost. Because now the player is going to have a choice. They're going to take wounds from it, uh, from failing that panic test, and save it for when they're attacked, or are they going to burn through it now? Now, there's always a the chance they'll pass, but again, you know, we're talking just statistics and averages in this case. But that's the thing about guardsmen. You know, really hitting them twice. That's a key tactic in getting rid of their, um, you know, nastiness right there. And you can do it with the combat zone as well, about just getting an attack against them, claim the combat zone, make another attack against them. Okay? If you're going first in the round, attack them, bait out that Lannister supremacy, then hit them with the crown, because your opponent's, you know, he's not... If he doesn't take the crown immediately, then you can take the combat zone, attack them again. The thing is, the tactics board is going to give you options to counter most things that are going to give you a problem in some capacity. Okay? So in this situation here, you've got some good options. You can either get a double attack off, or you can get a um, attack and then crown combo. Now, you're looking at resources here to attack a six-point unit. So again, you're going to have to weigh that against what you need to get done. Don't go into a combat just trying to kill guys. Think, why am I attacking this unit? What am I going to gain from destroying it? Is it a threat to me? Is it holding an objective? Because the thing about guardsmen, on the offense, I really have to keep hammering this in. They're not a threat. Yes, they're going to hit you some. Yes, they're going to hurt you some. But the majority of their damage is going to come from you smashing against them. Don't play that game. Force them to come to you. And if you can't do that, then again, you've got a position around them. You have tactics cards. You have other units. You've got ways of going about this. But that's really, I, I can tirade on this over and over again. And I get it. I get why they're frustrating. It's because the standard tactics of playing against guys, of just trying to kill them, doesn't work against them. You're going to have to think outside the box, okay? You're going to have to think, okay, do I use a panic test to get rid of these guys? Do I use attacks? Do I use double attacks? You need to make use of the tactics board and the tactics cards that you have in your deck, regardless of the faction. Lannisters, you've got means of causing panic in them that are really going to cripple them. Starks, you've got means of bypassing their armor. You need to use the tools that you have to your advantage. But just don't sit there and attack them over and over again thinking that some other result than you eventually getting whittled down is going to happen. Alright, next thing let's talk about. Uh, another troublesome unit for people is the Mountain That Rides. <laughs> Which is, that's funny, because this is like the surprise breakout one here, because honestly, I like this guy a lot. Um, he's one of my favorite units, but I've never felt exactly threatened by him. And I get it, I mean, I've, I've played this game more times than most playgroups combined. Um, but we're not going to get into those numbers. But the thing I will say about him is that he was included in the Kickstarter and... Um, Technically, is early access in that regard. If you are just playing like starter box stuff against him, and your opponent has him, it can be a little tricky because a lot of the things that I would say just innately counter him and shut him down are not going to be core box components. Uh, but there are still some key things to uh, consider when going against him. And really, this is just a matter of people learning how to counter stuff with the additional units that become available and you know the tools that are there. Because if you're playing, like, say, Starks, and you're playing just your starter box content, then your option is really send a bunch of Berserkers after him. Uh, 
And that's not the best thing to do. Well, it's a strategy, but it's not the best thing. Really, the thing about uh, Gregor here is that he has a very bad weakness to anything that deals auto wounds and to any type of ranged attacks. Those are the two things that are really going to hurt him. And both of those aspects are generic enough where it really requires like kind of a deep dive on specifics to get rid of him. Like, I can talk House Umber really is not threatened by this guy. If you're playing like the Great John as your commander, because you're going to have Lash Out that can just straight up kill him. You're going to have a bunch of Umber Berserkers who are going to just kill him. You're going to, and don't care about his panic and anything. You're going to have Umber Great Axes that are going to just kill him. <laughs> so that's really the biggest nightmare is when Gregor comes against just House Umber, because they're just going to cut him down. Now, not to say other commanders don't have options as well. You know, Rob has a lot of maneuverability and can counter the uh, maneuverability that Gregor himself has. The thing about Rob is that he's got superior maneuverability, so he's going to be able to get out of combat, recharge back in. And Gregor's stats look very scary, but any type of dedicated just, I'm going to make you roll a bunch of saves, will take him down. So there's your option there as well. The Starks also have a number of tactics cards that can really hurt him. And actually, if you're playing against Lannister Mirror Match, you're going to have even more options here because you're just going to throw down Cersei on him and a crown combo. And yes, he's that's going to bring him to a 6+, plus, but frankly... That's still pretty nasty if you're just dealing auto wounds. You know, you got basically you're gonna hit him through the uh, the panic test or morale methods as well. Other methods of just bypassing him entirely are just removing his abilities with certain other effects. Also, uh, the hard counter to Gregor is he does not like being weakened at all. So if you see him and you're really threatened by him because he's cavalry, he's gonna get up on you real quick. Consider taking that tactic zone in the first round. So you're going to draw your extra tactics cards, which is always a plus, but more importantly, you're going to put a condition token on him and make him weakened. He is only throwing four dice, and if he can't, you know, hit you to bypass your defense saves, then he's not going to be a big threat. So that's another thing about uh, taking him down as well, is I really feel he just gets hardcore shut down if you just throw a weakened counter on him, because then your opponent has to either get rid of that counter or he's just sitting there just baby swinging at people. The other thing that I was talking about again is of range attacks. So if you're playing as Lannisters, crossbowmen are not this guy's friends because you're just going to shoot him with a hail of those guys, he's been passing on a 3+, and bulk saves are not going to save him. Uh, if you're playing as Starks, then you've got access to bowmen, who should be relatively protected from him because they can fire over units, and throwing 10 dice down on someone, I don't care if you have a 2-plus save, it's going to hurt, and you're going to whittle him down. Now, of course... Everything I'm mentioning here, there are counter tactics to counter tactics. People are going to go, well, what if I just claim the wealth zone after that and immediately just restore him up? Well, what if I've got this card? Well, what if this situation comes up? Guys, there's no easy answer to anything in a strategy, tactics game, or war in general, okay? The battlefield is going to be an ever-shifting place, and things are going to dynamically change all the time. You're going to have to learn to adapt, okay? If, this were, if there were easy answers to any of these things, the game wouldn't be very fun. So... If you're looking for easy answers, you're not going to find them, and frankly, you shouldn't be looking for them, okay? You need to take everything I'm saying with the caveat that the battlefield is constantly shifting place. You're going to have to change your plans on the fly, but there are some general guidelines to dealing with things, and that's what we're trying to cover today. I feel like I'm coming across as a little just, like, aggressive and, like, uh, disciplinary on this, like, you know, that Catholic school teacher that's just really trying to hammer facts into you. Um... There's no malicious intent here, obviously. I am just trying to help you expand your horizons here and develop as a player. And I believe that only through strife and turmoil do we grow. And so 
That is the major theme here. But so with Gregor, you know, ranged attacks hurt him a lot. Uh, Lannisters, by the way, the Pyromancers will absolutely destroy him. Uh, Starks, you're going to have Umber Great Axes. Those guys are this guy's nightmare as well. So, you know, there, there, there are options to deal with him. Um, but I would say that the most generic and easiest one is Throwdown Weekend on him, because that's really going to just neuter a lot of what he can do. Moving on, let's take a look at some other units here and see if there's anything that really jumps to mind is like, man, these guys really hurt me a lot. Um, Cersei and claiming the crown zone is a very popular combo. And that's in part because it's really kind of an easy combo to look at. It's like, oh, this just deals a lot of damage by causing a panic test at a minus three. It's a very easy combo to look at, to learn, and go, oh, cool, I'm just going to do this as much as I can. Uh, guys, I gotta say, straight up counter to that is just claim the wealth zone after that because she's gonna cause an average of three wounds and the wealth zone is gonna heal an average of three wounds. Okay, if you're really that concerned about it. The thing about Cersei as well, though, is that if you just claim the crown zone before she zaps you for that minus three, then yes, giving a unit minus two morale is pretty nasty, but that's a supplemental thing at that point. They've gotta do something else to you to really hurt you. Um, so doing that is a way to shut down a lot of her early game power. Technically, I could also say that Varus is a counter to her, but that's like saying, you know, Varus is a counter to any non-combat guy who's a problem for you. So that's not really saying much. That's like saying your solution is just, oh, kill the combat unit. You know, everyone knows to do that. But if you really just don't like dealing with her, Varus is a good counter to most non-combat guys. I, of course, would never just straight, like, counterpick. You know, I would never take Varus with the intent of just going, oh, man, I really hate Cersei, because there's not a single list out there that Cersei is just going to shut down entirely herself. And again, this is coming from someone who plays a lot of neutral guys who, by and far, have the worst morale in the entire game. Um, also, you can run Stalwart, but you can get that plus two around, but frankly, whatever. Um, so, again, the tactics board is going to give you a hard counter to Cersei, with that little crown combo, you know, just take the crown from her and use it against those Lannister guys who are playing her, they're going to suffer for it a lot more than other factions. Or if she does manage to hit you, then you can go ahead and just claim the uh, wealth zone and heal back up. That's something that I always get a little surprised by, is that I see players go, oh, the best Lannister opening move is to take the crown and zap them with Cersei. I'm like, okay, if we're talking round one, move one, then you as a Stark player can just take the mobility zone, get your extra movement. Or again, if you're really worried about the unit having taken damage, then just take the wealth zone and now you're healed basically back up unless you rolled abysmally. But we're talking averages in this situation. So that's really about her. I feel that you're gonna see a lot of her because she is one of the only non-combat unit options. Well, she's the first one a lot of people are gonna play because she's in the starter box. But I actually feel as the meta develops, like, when I play Lannisters, yeah, I like her, but I prefer many of the other options as well. Like, actually, my favorite Lannister non-combat character is uh, Tywin, because I like his ability to just go all three condition tokens and lose abilities. That gives me a hard counter to a lot of problems, and I like having just that little um, ace up my sleeve. Cersei is good for consistent damage across the game. She's basically the equivalent of taking, like, a direct damage spell, yeah, she's going to perform, and she's probably going to, you know, always perform very, you know, moderately well, but there are too many situations where it's just going to be, there, I would rather have other more impactful things 
there is something to be said for consistent damage across the board. I will never say otherwise. But I prefer just more of a toolbox approach rather than just a kind of bell curve of things. Um, all right, well, let's continue our look into the Lancers here because I'm kind of running out of things to complain about because those are the top three things I keep seeing. Oh, wait, one more. We're going to look at the Knights of Casterly Rock with the mountain attached to them. And that's going to be a big old 11-point unit, uh, one of the most expensive ones that you can take in the game. Outside of Flademan, that's going to be the most expensive Lannister unit to take, and that causes problems for people. And so that actually becomes an... There are a couple of things to talk about when we're talking about that. First off, having a big Death Star unit like that, 11 points at, low, at a low uh, point game, that can cause problems in its own right for people to deal with because, you know, at lower points, it's going to eat up a large number of the enemy points, but you're probably not going to have as many resources to get rid of it. At higher point games, it actually becomes less of a threat because you've got other ways of dealing with it. So that's kind of the, the caveat there and a balancing factor. I mean... I wish I had a better answer for you than, yeah, at 30 points, you're just going to have to acknowledge the fact that those guys are going to be a big problem for you. But here's how you get around them. Uh, it's really going to depend on the game mode you're playing. 30 points, they're wrapping up over a third of their entire army into a single unit at 11 at clocking in 11 points. And the thing about that is that that means that they're either going to take a bunch of cheap other units... Or uh, they don't, and you're going to really outnumber them. Even if they take a bunch of cheap other units, there's only so many things they can do. I mean, if they're stacking in Lannister Guardsmen at that point, they're probably going to have about three other units, if that. And then they're actually, no, they can't even run three other units, because that's going to be 20, um, 29 points. So if they're putting a full third of their points to the Knights of Castle Rock at a low-level low game, there's no excuse as to why you shouldn't be outnumbering them and being able to just kind of mitigate that threat via that method. Um, they're probably only running one non-combat character, which at 30 points is fully acceptable, but that means that their entire army is going to function around that unit. So you're going to have a couple options. One, if you take that unit, they're out, then their army is probably going to crumble. Or you ignore that unit and you focus on objectives and you just do board positioning. And again, dealing with a threat like that at low levels is really going to come into the game mode that you are playing. If you're playing Game of Thrones, then it is going to become an objective grab. Uh, if a third of their points is devoted to that one unit, you're probably going to outnumber them. You can grab more objectives. That's the idea anyway. Uh, if you're playing a Storm of Swords, uh, the siege scenario, then if they're the defender, that's going to be not great for them. If they're going to play the attacker, they might not actually have enough of a combat punch to really deal you the damage that needs to happen in six rounds, because your defender cards can just start shutting down units for entire game rounds. If you're playing a Clash of Kings, that one's probably the one that's going to favor them the most because that unit can respawn Sans Gregor if it gets destroyed, and that uh, game mode in general is kind of about killing stuff. Um, but at that point, you know, you're still playing for objectives, and at that point, that's what you need to do. So killing them and letting them respawn just to come back and hit you on a flank or something might not be the best thing to do. And if they choose to bring them in um, from reserve, then at best they're going to be a threat round three if you're smart about it so you know you can play around it there if you're playing feast for crows then yeah that six plus morale in them is okay but you're going to start pegging them with morale tests because of those uh, corpse piles they're going to be at a minus one which the lannisters don't really have a lot of ways to mitigate that so you can actually 
kind of starts stacking up victory points on them, so if you do take them out, then it's going to be worth a lot. Um, but in that situation, it's really going to depend on the army you're playing, whether it's best to kill them in combat or ignore them entirely. Uh, if you're playing Winds of Winter, that one's Secret Objectives. I really can't give you any solid advice there because it's going to be so dependent on the secret missions that you draw and how you're going to really use those to uh, play against guys. Because you might need to go and kill them, you might need to avoid them. I mean, Winds of Winter in general, I mean, I can record an entire series of podcasts just talking about that one game mode and its impact on your strategy and tactics. So I really can't give you anything concrete without just launching into a massive tirade there. But breaking it back down to the generals, if you're playing at a lower point level, they're going to be wrapping up a ton of their points into that one unit. So you've got to wager, is it good to kill them? Is it good to avoid them? Or, you know, just play around them. And that's going to depend on the army you're playing and just the situation at the time. I don't have any better advice for you than that. Sorry. If you're playing, you know, larger size games, 40 plus points, then you're probably going to have some solutions that you can gang up with because we're still talking an 11-point unit. You can't go into there throwing six points at it and expecting to just be able to clean sweep them, okay? Now, I'm not saying that can't happen, but you're going to have to set it up. You're going to have to get tactics in the, uh, you know, into play there. And, you know, more importantly, uh, you're going to have to wager that cost analysis. Uh, weirdly enough... When playing against them as well, another key piece of advice is you kind of need to treat them like reverse Lannister Guards. Lannister Guards, you don't want to get wrapped up in combat with them, because that's how you're going to die from Lannister Supremacy. With Knights of Casterly Rock, uh, because they are really impactful in the charge, especially if the Mountain is leading them, you actually do want to tie, uh, tie them up into combat. And yeah, the Mountain can be really scary, because yeah, he's doing D3 auto wounds, and you've got Overrun, but frankly, you look at the rest of their attack profile. They're throwing down six dice, they're hitting on threes. Okay? It's not the worst in the world, but it's nothing incredibly scary. So if you can actually get a good tank unit uh, wrapped up with them, or just two kind of fodder units, you know, then that's going to really hurt. Because like, even if you have to take two units of, say, sworn swords and tie them up, uh, you're going to win that prolonged combat, because you're probably going to be on the flanks or, you know, something of that degree. If you get some Tully sworn shields uh, in there, then... That's another thing, another hand, uh, you know, anvil unit there. Berserkers are not something they want to get stuck in combat with as well. In fact, if they get near Berserkers, their hope is going to be to try to take them out in one go, because if they don't, then they're going to just get cut up. So that's another thing to look at as well. Uh, I am going to go ahead and end this podcast uh, now with some final thoughts, just before I ramble on too much. Um... We've gone over these three different units here, sorry, four different, you know, uh, things about the Lannisters here and some counters to them. Hopefully this has been uh, a little, uh, I don't know, beneficial to you guys and it hasn't just felt like I am preaching to you guys about, hey, these are the counters, learn them, learn them. Because, you know, that's like going into baseball and saying, hey, you know, you should really try hitting the ball. <laughs> uh, this is going to take practice. Okay, that's the number one thing to take away from all this, okay? You're going to need to practice, you're going to need to play games, and you're going to need to figure out counter strategies. And I recommend, even if you're a Lannister player, play against other Lannisters in the mirror match or try switching armies out because it will help you grow as a player. When you are playing against Lannisters, they're going to teach you the fundamentals of knowing what your opponent is capable of and knowing how to counter those. And that is a lesson that any type of competitive player 
or anyone who just really wants to, um, you know, play anything other than the most super casual of the super casual needs to learn and develop when playing any game, okay? The Lancers are going to force you to do that, though, because that's how you're going to beat them. Otherwise, you're just going to keep losing game after game, and you're going to get super frustrated. And, you know, I really wish I could say that there aren't going to be players out there that do that and have just become bitter by it. But I've seen those type of players as well, dating back from, you know, decades, even back in old Warhammer 40k. saw it a lot in TCGs, um, you know, especially the early Magic players, where, you know, they would play against a, a deck, you know, like a red deck that, you know, is trying to win on turn two or three, you know, just, just trying to burn them out. Or a blue deck that's just slow and counterspell. And they wouldn't know how to deal with it, and so they would get frustrated. But at that point, you've got two options. One, you can keep doing the same thing you're doing, losing every single game because you're never adapting any new strategies or tactics, getting super frustrated and then just blaming everything else. Or you can learn what you know, you're doing wrong and develop counter strategies. Lannisters will force you to do that. So that's really my takeaway here and the best bit of advice I can give you. Keep playing against them, keep an eye on what's going on with them, and look at the unit and sit there and go, what is this, how is this unit dealing me damage? What is the threat that this unit is bringing in? How are they doing it? You, once you find that answer, you'll usually find the solution to that problem as well. All right, so that's going to be my takeaway from here, guys. And we will return next time talking about some counters to some particularly nasty Stark units that I've seen people having trouble with. So until next time, take care, signing off.